0: Here on the all new Inspiration 1680
1: WOKB. Caribbean One Stop, located at 2117 West Colonial Drive in the Magic Mall Plaza between John Young and Tampa Avenue. Caribbean One Stop, home (laughs) of delicious Caribbean foods. Yes! Tasty, delicious soup. You yes. like soup? Try the brown stew chicken, curry chicken, curry goat, outstay, jerk chicken. Mm, how about brown stew red snapper, escabeche, red snapper? Oh, a roti <laughs> love, are you? Yes, chicken roti, <laughs> no, goat really. roti, veggie yeah, roti. Yeah. Oh, all yes, right. confused. How was the combination? And you vegetarians, there's always Vegetarian, a in veggie plate <laughs> just yeah. for you. Well, dear, check out the over-the-counter over the counter pharmaceuticals wide selection. <laughs> Pastries, pastries no, vegan ice cream, <laughs> and yes. Don't forget the music department. All CDs played in Caribbean Affair Connection <laughs> Gospel Show available for you at oh, Caribbean hilarious. One Stop. Open seven days a week. Catering for all occasions. It's Roxdale and your now. pharmaceuticals all in the same spot. 407 7552 407 423 Reminds me of the Caribbean One, one Stop.
0: <laughs> 100.7 and
2: 1680
3: AM. The following show and its content are the responsibility of the yep, show's yep. producers and
1: participants. Information related in this program is not meant to substitute medical recommendations. Before starting a treatment program, you should consult your physician. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Somewhere, no, no, no. what is that?
0: What is that? Where am I here myself? <laughs> Welcome to Couch Live, everybody. How y'all doing? This is the Couch Live Dope and Dharma, and it's the Couch Live version of Dope and Dharma each and every Monday night here on WOKB 1680 a.m. in the Orlando area. Of course, it's also 100.7 FM. In the Orlando area as well, and of course, some people are listening to it another way. Like I said, I'm the street certified dope doctor, Louis Delgado. That's the Dharma guy, Trinity Phillips, and he's going to tell you how you're probably listening to it or hearing it some other way. Go for it, Trinity.
2: Yes, sir. On Monday nights, you can catch us on Facebook or YouTube live. Check us out at Dope and Dharma, and uh, you can join the conversation.
0: Wow, oh, that was quick and easy. And of course, <laughs> Mister Shaw is our producer over there. WOKB. What's up, Mister Shaw? How you doing? You
3: already know. Listen, I just get off the phone with somebody calling me looking for their phone.
0: They're okay. calling you. Looking, how are they calling you if, if they don't have a phone?
3: Nah, they called me looking for their phone. They said, hey, I'm looking for my phone. I said, okay.
0: Well, you check your hand. Did you yeah, say Yeah, that's that, part.
3: that part?
2: <laughs> well, so, wow. I'm doing
3: real good tonight. It's, it's Right before the hurricane, so we doing good.
2: It's a hurricane special, people. We're yeah, I feel Florida. like I should have my like, uh, jacket on. Like I'm reporting here live. <laughs> Throw some right, water. Right, right, live from WOKB. Give it a couple hours, Trinity. I
0: mean, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: remember the, the whole way we got all started by doing the show in all different spots is that damn COVID came and we all just started doing the show from like. Outside my jacuzzi, <laughs> I think I did a show for my jacuzzi one day, you know. Anyway, yes, yes, yes. And we have a special guest with us today. We're talking about second chances, people here on the couch live. And if you know anything about the couch live show, we've been on this is about our 24th year on. We've been talking addiction and recovery for 24 years, and of course, any family issues you may be going through, or we just want to talk about this. Is a lot of stuff that happened in families, um, a lot of stuff that happened with people, and uh. You know, we are the longest-running show in the United States, uh, talking about addiction and recovery issues and things of this nature. But uh, we got a special guest here with us. It's Wante Vanderpool. What's up, brother? How you doing?
4: Hey, I'm well, man. Thanks, man. Yes, thanks for you know, having me on. You, finally,
0: you, finally, finally, right? You, I know, <laughs> I know, man. And and look, I forgot that you had asked to be on because I'm pretty sure I've asked you to be on before and you couldn't be on. And yep. then I said I'll we'll take here. a rain check, and then I forgot all about it until you reminded me the other day. Yeah.
4: Uh, but I uh,
0: am. Yeah, we got to clear one thing up first before we okay. even get started. Who you are, what you are and all that stuff. What? The, you got to be serious with me. It's a fake name, right? Van Vanderpool. That's a fake name,
2: right?
1: <laughs> Only the way you say it, no. Yeah. <laughs> you, you witness protection is what that is. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, you could have picked a different name. Bro.
4: <laughs> I gonna the attention with it, man. Yeah. No, that's the real name, man. Family from St. Thomas, man. So it's Van Funny story, yeah funny right. story is that uh it's like smith in saint thomas really it's like yeah it's like jones It is a common last well name okay man. so you like yeah.
0: the third because like you you remind me of that kind of guy that goes my name is Wanted adventure pool III. the third third
4: are you, are, are <laughs> you a third you. No, i'm not man
2: <laughs> my buddy's from uh saint thomas and his last name is george
4: george yeah it's yeah. a lot of george jo- yep last name george as well wow. should be the first name but hey yeah it was, yep. you know yeah, apparently
0: right. they don't listen to the rules and. St. Thomas, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so, where's your family from with that name? What, what where's, the, where's the origin of that name?
4: Ah, uh, so uh, Charlotte O'Malley, Um, you know, usually it's, it's that's right there in the port. When you, mm-hmm. um, if you've, most people have been in that St. Uh, Thomas port. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, I've been right. Um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, so right there, man, my, Uh I recall a time when I was out there. My, my grandmother. I'm, I'm going to see the house because my grandmother still had property there. Yeah. So my grandmother's really. I'm talking. She still had. She's passed now, but she still had her. Her accent as if she just came, you know, from 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 there. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm and I'm as I'm trying to find where she lived, where the house was. She said, "Well, who's out there?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know anyone out here." <laughs> she says, "Just," but you know, she's an old school. You she know, ask somebody. She said, "Yeah, exactly that." She said, "Give the phone to." Her. I I started asking this woman. She said, "Give her the phone," and then after that, I'm just following this woman as she's <laughs> on the phone with my grandmother. and They're That's talking about chatting it up, and I'm following her as she's walking me to the house. So wow. yeah.
1: Wow. But well, my
4: but my entire family was uh most of my mom was raised in New York. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn. I claim I claimed the Bronx though. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, well
0: yeah. I tell you what. Next time I'm in the Bronx, I'm I'm going to hand my phone to somebody, and you just tell me, <laughs> "Don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> you won't get the best mics.
1: Thank you. Don't no, no, do that.
0: It's uh, be a different
4: situation. Can you help
0: me? Can you help me find where my friend Wanted is? I'm just going to give him the phone.
4: Just to be a, a sweet old West Indian woman on the phone, man. Yeah, oh, you well,
0: I, that West Indian woman <laughs> might still steal my phone. Yeah. In, in, in the Bronx. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> 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 the Boogie Down Bronx. I got you, man. All right. I, I, I love it. Well, welcome. Thank you very much for, for coming on, taking time out of your Monday evening, especially such a special Monday where everybody's kind of getting their sandbags ready, getting their gasoline yeah, in their car, getting the gasoline in their tanks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so, this, you know, I, I started the day kind of laughing at everybody's preparedness. And then I'm ending the day going, well, now I see why. You guys have been watching the news all day while I've been working. Yeah. Don't forget about the asteroid. <laughs> go ahead. Forget about that. Oh, yeah. And I, and I forget look, about the asteroid. And, and then we go, like, pick a fight with an asteroid, which is the last. You just don't go pick fights with asteroids, man. Yeah.
4: You know, I, and
2: somehow I, I think it. that's going to end badly. There's going to be yeah. a movie about yeah. that at some point. But oh, yeah. yeah, it already
4: was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it so <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> well and, and and we have hey, Jehovah's uh, watching it on Facebook Live. Welcome to the show. Uh, so you know, and if you're listening or watching on Facebook Live, you can join us too. We're going to be talking about second chances and starting right now. Um, I think everybody on here. Oh yes, sir. Wait, wait you got something to
3: say? Uh, yeah. The the it was called Armageddon.
4: Yes, that movie. <laughs> oh, right. that's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <there>. Armageddon. <laughs>
0: I just kind of came wait, in on that wait, wait 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 to be, way to be on top of the game, bro. Way to, way to be on there, man. We appreciate your contribution to the show. Welcome yeah. back so, anytime.
3: Yeah, we pick, we're picking the fights with the asteroid, and we're trying to get our supplies yeah. that we need and build. Yeah, for the I,
0: house. yeah, we're 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 angry. We're we're afraid of a hurricane, but we're picking a fight with an asteroid. There's something, there's <laughs> awesome. something, a little weird about this.
3: My question. Yeah. uh one of the presidents gave, didn't the president give us somebody called the space police or spacex police or something yeah trump trump started the,
2: the space, trump force. Force. Space, space force, force. Yeah, space, so space force yeah so aren't they supposed to be handling <laughs> that that's <laughs> what actually this yeah. was was it was yeah. actually uh, i can't remember what they called it but it was like planetary defense system or something like that yeah. so <laughs> it was a uh, it was us trying out a new toy i guess and seeing if we can change the yeah. trajectory of an asteroid so like i am group you know out there yeah. doing what they do you know i'm yeah. looking i'm looking for all of yeah. that Meanwhile, we just destroyed a planet. Basically, <laughs> like yeah, it's going you know, to go off course is, and destroy something else.
0: This is typical man problems. We're always trying to control something and, and think that we can. Control. Look, dude, I can't change my wife's idea of what we're going to eat. Uh, you know, in two hours, much less, uh, you know, an asteroid movement. You know what I mean? I just kind of go with the flow. What do you want to eat, baby? This is what I want. Okay, uh, maybe it's that Jamaican food we were just listening to right before the show came on. They were yeah, they were talking about oxtail and uh, uh, escovitch you know, fish. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, the, the, the <laughs>
2: funny thing is we apparently didn't learn our lesson, right? Because off topic, but I don't know if you guys remember a couple years ago, we sent uh, something up to the moon and when it landed, it crashed and there was a jar of tardigrades that were in there and they got oh, loose. Great. And that's rumor has it how life started here was tardigrades that some can survive anywhere. And we like knocked over a jar on the moon. So don't we apparently like, didn't have... learn our lesson. Wait, don't you have like a tardigrade like tattoo? Uh, no, my wife and I talked about getting one. Oh, you, you never did it? No, not yet. Oh, okay, not yet. Like, that, like that. It, it might happen. <laughs> Basically, tardigrades are just they're, they're micro like microscopic things that survive literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know the uh, some some physicists believe that's how life on Earth started. Um, and then we decided to send a jar of them up Blastom. to the moon. It crashed and they got loose. It's it was like a, bro. it was like a big deal. Um, and then now we decided to follow that up with hitting an asteroid for some reason. Listen,
0: so. listen yeah. Trinity. That's blasphemy. We didn't get started by no damn roly poly, all right? So just, <laughs> you know, stop your stop yeah. your <laughs> stop your blasphemy. No roly poly. I'm not I'm not, I'm not from they... a roly poly. You know what I mean? Like,
2: oh yeah. I think the I think <laughs> the, the layman term for it is a water bear, actually.
0: <laughs> Whatever, so. man. then that thing looks like a roly poly to me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so let's get started. So so we invited Juan on to talk about second chances. <laughs> uh because you know trinity and i share our our, our reasons of why we do this and, and and our you know multiple chances that we've had to be a part of your life and part of our family's life uh now but you know a lot of you haven't met want this so let's 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 get a little into that so one thing, first of all you work for a company. So let's give them a shout out for allowing you to come on today because, you know, when you work for somebody. I needed to get
4: permission from them? Oh, damn. Well, <laughs> no, you didn't. That. No, I didn't say
0: permission. <laughs> tell- but, but if we give them a shout out, then most they, won't, they man, won't be man. as upset.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you're with.
4: Yeah, most certainly, man. So, yes, yeah, so I work with um, Aware Recovery Care. All right. um, Aware Recovery Care is an is a, um, uh, organization that started about 12 years ago out in Connecticut. Uh, currently in nine states now, uh, wanting to grow. Um, I think in probably November, December, we'll be in Kentucky, uh, then in uh, February and Georgia. Uh, but Aware Recovery Care, what we do is in-home addiction treatment. Um, and it is exactly that, right? Bringing treatment to a person's home. The motto is recover where you live. The idea and the concept is, I mean, it just hits home. It just makes so much right. sense to um, go to a person, go to meet a person where they are, you right. know, and provide their services where they are. And it would be kind of rude to go into someone's house, right. And not provide services to the family as well. So right. another one part of that process is going into the home, working with the client, the individual, um, but also providing services to the family. Right, right. Um, And that can be clinical services um, on a limited basis, but through the life of that, the identified client is, you know, the individual that we work with, but through the life of that service that we provide, we provide, um, uh, uh, services and uh, psychoeducation, things of that nature, to the family as well. Um, so the idea is not a, it's not a replacement for any other treatment services, the traditional uh, forms mm-hmm. of treatment. In fact, it's just an enhancement, I believe. Um, a person okay. comes home, you know, a person stay, it goes into treatment. In fact, we want that, right, for mm-hmm. an individual to get that opportunity to get into a structured environment, get some real tools, some good tools and things of that nature, and take a break, right? right. But then when they get home, they have to apply all those tools, and oftentimes, I think subconsciously as a society as a whole, what we do is when that person transitions out of uh, any type of institution, if you will, program or treatment, uh, we tend to say, hey, you got it now. You know what I mean? Go mm. now. Here's your map. Here's your flashlight. Go find the treasure, so to speak. Um, and right. what we do, we realize that, hey, the aftercare plan is incredibly important. So right. with Aware Recovery Care, if we're um, considered to be that aftercare plan, we can be that. We can actually help and continue to love on that client and their family help them with applying all of those services that they all of those um, tools that they've applied I mean that they've picked up while they are in treatment right. you know because you know in the treatment facility it makes sense right that you have the lighting the, uh, yeah. the furniture the paint everything right. is you know conducive to that person's recovery but it's not the same at home <laughs> you know what I mean so uh, when we get home we try to help with um, making the home a little bit uh, a lot more um, uh <sighs> We don't necessarily go in and change the color of the paint. You know, we don't change the lighting and things. Like that would be right. great. Maybe that's something we should do. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but we trigger-proof the home as best as possible, right? Right. You know, you have that safe uh, group of individuals that's walking around with the client. And, you know, most of the times individuals, they left that stash. They left that breaking case of emergency stash somewhere in the house and all that. They have mm. a safe group to be with them to kind of yeah. go through the house and find some things, talk about some things, ask if, you know, you still need that old poster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so right, right, right. That. You know, um, but also um, just really making a home, making where they live right. more conducive to their recovery, you know, because in treatment, yeah. a person could be Robert. Right. But right. then when they're home, they're back to being Bobby, you know, so the family is important as well with that transition. So it's a great opportunity for um, for, for our team to get in, that, get in with the client and assist them with one living um recovery, actually living and applying it, um, engaging the family as well, and actually hand-holding them as they continue to kind of reintegrate into society.
0: And that's where the drop-off happens anyway, man, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, you know, one thing is going to detox. uh, Then you go to a residential program where you kind of live there for a while. But like you said, when you get back home, uh, a lot of times you never make it to that next appointment. I'm sure they refer you to it. They say, you know, you should go to outpatient afterwards. You should continue with your care. But number one, you got to get back to real life. You got to get back to work. Yeah. You know, so so you go. All right, I, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I, I'll go tomorrow or I'll go next week. Um, you know, but mañana nunca viene. Sometimes you know, That's tomorrow right. never comes for some people. Yeah. And so, so uh, I like the idea uh, that you got going on. I like the the, the program. You know what it reminds me of. As, well,
2: uh, uh, was, at home, at home, drug dealing,
0: bringing bringing your drugs to you <laughs> yeah. instead of making yeah. you go to the drug dealer. It deal
2: reminds me of uh, Yeah, exactly. It, it reminds <laughs> me the same kind of way of like uh when I first had my my first kid. Uh-huh. When I'm at the hospital, like everything crazy. You? They, 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 <laughs> well, they, the the nurses and stuff, they all come in. They help you swaddle. Oh, yeah. They help you change everything. Like, okay, right. you know, I got this. And then right. you go home and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, now I, what do I do? You now? put it over or under, right? right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But it just reminds me of is like everything's so easy. Yeah. yeah, everything seems fine. Everything's cool when you're in that controlled environment. You have all these yeah. help. Then when you get home, it's like, uh, now what? Yeah, yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like that every time Dana left the house. You know, uh, <laughs> Dana Dana would leave to just go get some rest, and and I'd call her within five minutes. I said, "Uh, baby, when are you coming back?" I go, "This babysitting stuff is hard." She goes, "You're not babysitting. You're yeah. actually your father." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I go, "Oh, what are you doing?" Well, <laughs> I said, "Well, it feels like babysitting." I got to go to work, babe. I got to go to work. When are you come back. That's not easy. So, yeah, Yeah. the in-home stuff is good, man. Um, You know, when you when you're able to help people in their home environment, uh, it also brings the thinking of recovery at the home. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times, you know, you leave it at the door. Like you say, you, you leave that over there. So when you could bring some of that into your home um it gives you it gives you an added sense of comfort you know so, mm-hmm. so i so i like that i like i like that and, and we'll talk a little bit later on how they can reach you and how they can you know get connected with you guys yes, uh in in what insurance companies you guys are connected with but now but now let's learn a little bit about you so so want to um this is not an easy space to work in brother there's a there's a lot of pain in this space there's a lot of loss in this space in this space um And, uh, you know, there's a lot more money in other spaces, put it that way. There's a lot of other ways you can make a dollar that you don't have to go home with some of the tragedies that are, that, that, that fill our minds and and hearts. So, so what, what brought you to this space? Like, why, why are you working in this field?
4: Yeah. Um, man, I would like to say it was, um, you know, it was destiny, right? But it actually was, you know, I, I don't say that lightly, Um, because it wasn't intended for me. Right. I thought, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I grew up in the South Bronx, like I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course I grew up in the eighties, the nineties. So, you know, I saw the crack epidemic, you know, I saw it I'm talking live action. Um, but I'll be honest. I mean, I was a part, I was one of those guys that was a part of that energy, you know, that was out there that was just kind of going with that force, um, but also with that, although I saw everything around me, I saw an entire my entire community getting decimated. Um, it was also in my home, in my, in my, in my family, you know, um, uh, I think I mentioned to you before, I don't share much uh, about my family and things right. of that nature, but you know, my, um, my, um, my dad was a heroin addict. Um, my aunt, my um, love dearly, She was a heroin addict. And these are two individuals that, you know, had HIV and passed from, you know, the, uh, HIV converted to AIDS, um, and that's two people in my life really significant. Um, yeah. My mom was an alcoholic um, for all of my life that I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. She passed at fifty one. I'm forty eight now, right? <laughs> so, you know, um, and even so, that that really wasn't the motivating factor. It wasn't, you know, I, I know that sometimes people have this, they have this part of their life, and then they say, well, I need to do something about them and change it. Uh, mm-hmm. That still wasn't a motivating factor for me at all you Know it impacted us, or it impacted yeah. me and my family, of course. But um, I think my trajectory was more so about just being a youngster that really had limited direction, right? So, um, I gravitated towards the street, got caught into the system, you know, did um, spent eight years in prison, um, mm-hmm. uh, for weapons possession and being a part of a, a gang, if you will. And but in that was the space, right? When I thought about yeah, I want to change. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't so much about changing anyone else. You know, I just, yeah. I wanted to change. I said, man, I don't want to go back to the hood and do the same thing, right. you know? And, and from there, I mean, I always had a little head on my shoulders, So, um, I took to being, um, how does it, being more comfortable and confident with my, mm-hmm. uh, my intelligence. Right. Right. Uh, because in certain instances that wasn't really celebrated. So, and I found an opportunity to say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with being, um, smart you know there's right. not, nothing wrong with being you know intelligent and 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 wanting to wanting to read and things of that nature um and you know so i guess yeah my focus after that was really about working with other adolescents you know other peers, you know um, just working with kids that was that didn't have uh, maybe came from the same situation okay. that i came from
0: so so you were arrested with a weapons charge
4: yes well how old,
0: how old were you when, when you got that charge
4: so i was 15 15 years old um so and it's you know and it's 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 and this is not a, a unusual story uh, because now mm-hmm. in hindsight i talk about it very openly clearly right. you know it, it was a it was a uh, a miscarriage of justice you know yeah. i was charged with some of the charge i was charged with attempted murder and you know um uh, weapons possession and 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 with all reality it was because i was just in the wrong place i was there you know i'll be honest i completely yeah, you weren't pissed. the shooter. Not at all. Not at all. Not at right. all. Right. Um, wow. Uh, and and I was there, and I got caught. <laughs> you know, and everyone runs. You know, um, and I'm the one, and um, I, I got caught. The joke is that I was I have asthma, so I can't run really fast, right? <laughs> so, and uh, you know, and I run, I got caught, and as everyone runs when people shoot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened. It was. It. I know the entire situation. It was drug dealers and drug dealers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Should I yeah. Um, but when I went through the system, I, because I knew I didn't do anything. Um, I felt like, okay, cool. I, I'll, I'll just go for a couple of days. My mom, I'm 15 years old. My mom will come to the precinct. In right.
1: right,
4: right. Um, so many times that's happened, right. Because right. I knucklehead. Right. So, yeah. yeah. but not this time. <laughs> they said, Oh, he, your son killed someone. My yeah. mom just, I mean, I remember her, uh, Actually, when I think about it, when and she looked at me this time and she said, You done did it, <laughs> she really did it this time. And I'm like, Ma, I didn't do anything. Right. Um, but I think of all people, she believed me, she understood. Um, but the system wasn't too kind to that, right? Right. Um, what
0: was the actual length of the, the the term? You said you did eight years. What'd you get 15 yeah. or 20? So,
4: no, I got in that instance, I got so I, 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 you talk about second chances, I think that's perfect. Oh, right? that was multiple, so, yeah. yeah. So okay. I had, um, that was the first time I, right. So oh, I had okay. one and a half to four and a half. Oh, okay. um, and just to mention about that case, when I, when I think about it often, I always talk about it. I'm thinking about right. it is, right. you know, I saw how every opportunity, um, where the truth could have come out, you know, because right. of my social status, economic status and things of that nature, it didn't right? Uh, yeah. There was no evidence that I actually fired a gun that I had to wow. put in my possession and things of that nature. Uh, but I had an eight. I had a, a public defender that didn't care about the case. Um, I didn't have the family support. I'll be honest about that either. Um, I didn't have the, um, the the information that I needed. Um, yeah. And and so it was just I remember the public defender telling me, hey, they're trying to give you nine years to life because I was 15 at the time. So he said, but I can get you one and a half to four. I could cut it down and get you one and a half. So to you four. took it. Yeah. So yeah, because I knew math very well, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that that makes sense, you know, um, and you know, at the same time, and and a, a part of that, the other collateral things about um, something like that was more so street cred now, right? It was a, right. it was a right. part of you know growing up and being uh, um, in that environment. It's like, hey, you got to take a bit. you know, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna yeah. take it, and you know, you get caught for something you didn't do, but you got away right. with some things from you know some other things. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I remember that, that just going through that process and not even being angry, really angry with the system but just realizing that damn, I guess this is how it is, you know, yeah um, uh, so I had to take that and then from a one and a half to four and a half, I did three and a right. half, years. Yes. <laughs>
0: so Wow. the um, you know, your story really hits me. It uh-huh. went to, I, don't, I don't think we ever really talked about that particular case. I didn't know that you got picked up for that. I mean I had I, I got caught with that up uh, at 17 years old, exact same thing. You know, mm-hmm. t- two counts of attempted murder. And, and uh, mine is the opposite because I come from a very Latino area, uh-huh. uh, a very Mexican area. Uh, and the shooter was an actual. Well, I'm not going to get into that because they might see this. Who who the shooter actually was, uh, was helpful to my situation. Okay. Um, but originally, yeah, I mean, I was facing 20 years of prison for that at 17 years old that's how right. i left my high school i wasn't allowed to return to high school uh, and i was forced to leave the state of texas in order to shut it down and and, right. and that's that's the deal i took and, but i was mad i was yeah. mad because the deal that i took was i had to leave texas so I and i had to leave my home. high school yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and i'm like well I, but i didn't do it you know i'm not the shooter I, I should so instead of being grateful for not doing your time you know like you did mm-hmm. um I, I i i didn't i didn't feel that way i was i felt like a victim I felt Mm -hmm. upset. I I didn't understand that I was actually getting a deal.
2: I didn't look at it like I was getting a deal. I felt grateful about mine. But (laughs) I actually, the weird part is, out of the three, of us, I actually did do (laughs) mine. Yeah. Yeah. At 15, they told me I was Maybe you should have done the time then. Hey, they told me at 15, I was going away for 15 years. And I was just like, what? And if it it wasn't for the second chance, if it wasn't for the guy who decided not to press charges, I would have done it because Hmm. I was guilty. I actually did mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, I mean, according the to law, part, we
0: probably all were guilty according to law. Because in, yeah. in law, you're not even allowed to be
2: near them. You're not even yeah. allowed
0: to be yeah. associated. Yeah. Well, what were you saying? What they-
4: so I said, and, and, and the, the other part about that was also, it wasn't even at 15 years old, sometimes you can get that, um, uh, what is it, uh, as an adolescent, so you can have your record sealed. Um, oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I know what and, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, so
4: even with a public defender, didn't even fight for that for me, and it, The term will come to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's yeah. It probably come uh, to me too. I can't be yeah, yeah. we <laughs> yeah, no, not, yeah. not expungement, expungement. but just the,
4: the way yeah, you can get the expungement. But as an adolescent, a youthful yeah. offender is the terminology that was okay. in New York. Uh, you, know, okay. you get charged as a youthful offender. So if you're under seventeen, right. um you can, you know, even if it's a felony, yeah, because that's the, you know, that's what I call the, that's the scarlet letter. Now, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, That's the new F word. Yeah. Um, right, right, the right, felony it follows you forever. So, and right. at 15 years old, with that charge, I was charged as a, I was charged as an adult. A felony as a with
0: a violent felony. Right. Um, so uh well again, that's the thing once it's a gun charge it changes like mine yeah. was an adult charge for I, I was in the adult mm-hmm. jail. Mm-hmm. They didn't yeah. put me in the kid jail. Uh it was the the adult, you know, uh area. Yeah. Um I mean it, once it's a gun charge I think it changes everybody's mind though, right? You know, I mean there's yeah. a lot of kids out there uh that play with guns that have guns. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and it all started with knives with me and it probably started with knives with a lot of people. You know, it starts yeah, with the weapon knives. you can get. Yeah. buy ass yeah. knives. I mean, uh, uh, what? Seventh, if they would have got if I would have went down in seventh grade for putting a nice pick in a kid's head, uh, then maybe I wouldn't have played with guns later on. You know, mm-hmm. that was before guns, you know, but because you always kind of get away with stuff, you know, in, in some systems, some people always get away with it. So they don't even know they're getting second and third and fifth chances. And then mm-hmm. in other places, like in your situation, you get no privilege whatsoever and you got to face it the very first time you get hit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean?
4: Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Hey, let me ask a question. At what um, point did you realize um, that you were a leader, that you had leadership skill set, a leadership capability to just say, hey, forget about what everybody else think about me? I'm, I'm going to do this.
4: Uh yeah, when I was in when I was in the penitentiary, <laughs> honestly, man, when I was there, man, when I was in uh, mm-hmm. uh, inside and I and I recognized that uh, it was like this situation where you see, where as I I was actually able to see um, what direction I wanted to go in. You know, right. one of the things was it wasn't about being tough. I've heard so many stories about what you have to do in, to in order to survive, and you know, but I, I realized also like, hey, listen, everybody, most of us in there are scared. You know, where, 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 you know, it's everybody's just putting on for someone else. Right. Um, and I I remember sitting around and just watching everyone, just really watching the dynamics of things and realized that, hey, I don't have to be uh, a gorilla, if you will. Um, I don't have to be, you know, uh, angry because I was, but I didn't have to take it out on folks. And I realized that I saw a lot of other individuals that was just always angry and they were mm-hmm. acting out of anger because I would see them. I would watch them without their permission. And I realized that, yeah, they're tough in this environment, but somewhere else they're not. You know what I mean? So it was just more so pain. So I felt like, you know, I want to kind of connect with that with individuals. So even at 16, 17 years old, that's where I was. I was, you know, I mean, I played ball as well. So playing sports was helpful, you know, uh, as far as uh, being able to...
3: There you go, Louie, playing sports.
4: Playing sports, yeah. (laughs) Being able to, you know, work with other individuals and say, hey, we got to we got to you know, we have a, a unified thing here. So, and somebody has to uh, corral
3: everyone,
4: you know, um, and me, people, me. you know, and here's the other thing is, is that, um, because of the way I carry myself, people just kind of, um, respected me, you know, uh, mm. it wasn't really until I got into correct. When I say pen and jump, when I got into corrections, as an adult, um, it was a different ball game, man. And I, I like to share about that because I know some people are saying, Hey, cause just like, um, everyone does math. And I, and they say in the beginning, he said eight years, but you just said one and a half to four and a half. Yeah. Uh, but uh, second time around, I, uh, because I have a felony mm-hmm. already, um, I'm not supposed to have possession of a weapon or anything like that there. Um, and I got in a court in a situation in which I had an unloaded weapon, um, which I took off of. And this is a, a, a one of the, I call it irony, um, working with adolescents that were um, in uh, uh, group homes. Because, you know, again, when I left, uh, the division for youth is what it's called for the di- for adolescents. I actually went to school and that's when they still had college in the in the facilities. Uh, so I was able to get an, uh, an associate's degree and, but I knew that that wouldn't do enough for me, you know? So I, I mean, I remember begging the, the, the folks that was a part of the school to allow me to go into the school, um, and complete my degree because I knew the Bronx didn't have anything for me. Um, and uh, I remember a brother, he passed and he, he's passed, but his name is uh, Latif Islam. And, you know, he came from the system itself and he was like, hey, all right, when you get out, you give me a call. And oftentimes, you know, they want to show they want you to show that you're serious about right, right. Um, what you, gotta you make that do. effort. Yeah. And um, I called him every day. Man, his wife was really cool because I would call her. He would be at work and I'm calling and, you know, talking with her and everything. So um, but I wound up making my way, man, and getting into school. And so from. Uh, so from 15 to 19, you know, I was away. Uh, from 19 to 21, I mean, I, f- I finished. I, I wound up finishing school, getting my bachelor's degree, um, and then I was working in a group home, and I was working with individuals. You know, again, trying to do the work that I that I set out mm-hmm. to do, um, and got caught up with an, uh, another adolescent that was a gang man. and you know, I saw the situation unfolding. um, had a weapon i got it from him you know because he trusted me we it's weird because i worked in a group home in which the oldest guy was 21 and i was 20 you know what i mean but i was an intern and i was uh, uh, and, you know and i related to these guys and all uh i over identified um got the yeah. weapon from the guy but once you get so it's like you gotta we gotta really follow it all the way through a b c d all the way to z i yeah. just got to see on this i got the weapon from him right yeah, turn it in and then I, then I know what to do with it how oh, to man. turn it in um, and then, and then when, when, when I went, um, to try to turn it in, you know, it just, everything came back to me. Right. Um, and, and the reality was, uh, somebody where situations where somebody else saw the weapon and see a large black man with a weapon and call the police. Mm. And, I, and how do you explain that now? Right. You know, um, I tried to, but again, part of me is have that code as well. Right. I'm not going to say, well, is this kid in this situation right. at all. um, Quite literally, I was at my job. I mean, I worked at a group home, (laughs) you know, and I I was at my job. Um, And um, and so I took that I took that on as well. So but in in this instance, I really felt like I had a I had a I had a different playing field because no no harm was done to anyone. A weapon was wasn't even loaded, but, you know, it it was operable. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. um, uh, Again, I'm a college graduate. I'm in grad school. I'm in Fordham uh, grad school at the time. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like I was really involved in the community, Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, I had a paid lawyer this time. Huh? You know, I had a paid lawyer this time. I had community support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in court, every time I went to court, I mean, I was the president. I was, I was the, the vice president of the Black Student Union. Um, I was the you know Black king. I mean, I was so invo- involved in my school. Yeah, and you know, I went to court, and I had a bunch of students there and support there. I mean, I created a uh, a pen pal situation in which we would take uh, college students into these DFY facilities to play basketball with wow. them, and stuff like that. Wow. You know, so I had a lot of things going on. Um, so I thought, okay, cool. Not that I'd get a slap on the wrist or anything, but right. you know, that it wouldn't be as severe. Um, uh, and I kid you not, not to you know belabor it, but. The, i remember the judge crying um thomas Dolan, never forget him he's out there he's he's he had to sentence me he said hey because um george pataki was the governor at the time they changed the law that if you have a second violent felon you have oh. a determinate sentence um and here here again is when the system you know r- read his head and said well because this is your second violent felon yeah. you have to get a minimum of either 5 10 15 years yeah. um they gave me 5 years for that wow um, and this situation was, this, this was, it just hit differently. Yeah. Um, because at the time, my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife was pregnant. Um, uh, you know, I, I graduated, she was still a junior in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want that burden. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, he you know, i this young lady's life. Yep, yep. Um, And went back into the system as this, uh, you know, the, the classic situation, right? She has to drop out of school. I'm in jail. Stuff right. like that. Um, so I hit differently this time. and um, But it, I, I think I'd still, you know, uh, I remember my sister, and it's one of those those phone calls that you have, and, you know, I'm talking to my older sister, who's, you know, my, she's about four years older than me, my best friend. Right. And she says, dude, why do you have to, why do you have, she didn't say dude then. <laughs> she called me a few, a few choice words. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, "But why do you always have to learn the hard way? Yeah. You know, she said, you know, you, you're, you know, you're, you're sitting in there and you have now you figured it all out um but i felt like hey this was what uh, this was a path that was it it, it was it, it was meant for me to have to travel yeah not that i wanted to but right. you know it was something and um and i think from there my focus was totally on okay i have to be one i wasn't uh, now i'm gonna be a parent right, right. and i'm like damn i have to raise my daughter through i'm gonna have to see her early on through you know visits and things of that nature yeah um and again back to that question is when i feel like i was a leader or so i just felt like i have to take control of my life i can be here because we know if we've been in that scenario and that situation you know you can pick and choose what you want to do there how you want to live you know um and i said well you know this is what i'm going to do i'm gonna focus on me and i'm gonna focus on you know i'm not going to get in the middle of clicking up with anyone, get, yeah. you know, I'm just going to focus on uh, self-development.
0: Well, that's the thing that I find real impressive with you, you know, especially the more you tell your story one day is mm-hmm. the the fact that you don't come off angry. You know what I mean? That I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel that angry. I don't, I don't feel the victim mentality from you. You know what I mean? It, it seems like you took ownership of what you can take ownership of and, and you have become a giver in this world. You're not a taker and you're in, and you have every right to be upset and kind of like just pout for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't seen that. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that you didn't do that. I'm yeah. just saying the one thing that I know mm-hmm. is not out there pouting and, and, and asking for, for some sort of, you know, hey, for, you, know, you you got to treat me a certain type of way because I was wrong. Right, because right. all I get from you is, listen, I did what I did. Whether I did it or not is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did the time I did. I, I, I took the hit that I did. Uh, but I, I got my education. Uh, I'm, I'm taking responsibility for what I can do today and I'm going to mm-hmm. be a father, I'm going to be a husband and I'm going to be a giver in this society. I'm going to be somebody that contributes to this society. That's all I get from you. Am yeah. I wrong?
4: No, no, you're right 100%. 100%.
0: You know, and, I, and I, I think that's what's admirable <laughs> and, and, I, and I think that's what's making me think about my own stuff while you're talking is because it, my road is is very different. Like, you know, I, I got the chances and yet I never, I, I, didn't, I didn't take it as responsibly as you. It mm-hmm. took me a lot longer to get the same lessons that you got by you paying a price and me playing a victim. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. always trying to convince my parents that the reason the system was being hard on me, which, you know, if I compare it to yours, they were actually easy on me. <laughs> and, but I was always blaming, you know, it's because I'm Mexican. Right. And I was always trying to play that angle. You know what I mean? And my parents were like, no, it's because you're an idiot. You know, what <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> it's the people you're hanging around with, the things that you're yeah. doing, it's the choices you're making. And it took me years and years and years. I mean, years that I would take responsibility. And, and and it took me years to want to help people. You wanted to help people right out the box. Okay. I mean you, you came right out and you started helping youth. I hated uh, I hated everybody
4: when, when when early early years. Yeah, I was helping people in the box too, man.
0: Yeah, and I was faking it. <laughs> I was I was helping, but I was faking it. I really didn't give a damn about them. And, and then and then little by little I started caring about them. I mean, Trinity knows yeah. I, I told him, you know, it was years before I actually cared about the same people that I was helping. You know what I mean? But now yeah. it hits me hard. You know, this is what mm-hmm. this is why I love what I do. You know, yeah. this is why I love what all of us do is the fact that now I get it. But but I hear a story like yours, and I'm like, man, I, I I think we do need to hold people accountable so we can get the lessons younger, mm-hmm. you know. Because I got I got I got lucky that something worse didn't happen to someone else, right. you know. And I would have never got this opportunity to be, you know, this loving, caring individual that helps other people. You know what I mean? But but unfortunately, you know, uh, I agree with you. I think it's a blessing what happened to you in a, in a weird way mm-hmm. because look at look at look at the kind of man you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 I for one, and and, and I feel very privileged to know. The, the man you are now yeah. uh, and how and not not that you were a bad man before, but I didn't know that guy. This right. man that you are now is all I can be appreciative of. And, I, and mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. So tell us a little bit about that, about like, wh- what is it that you do today mm-hmm. in someone's life that, that, that you think is maximizing that second chance that I'm going to say they didn't give you? They didn't give you the second chance. You gave yourself a second. chance. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what is it that you're doing today that's maximizing the second chance you gave to yourself?
4: Yeah. Um, just being present, man, and being intentional, you know, um, every day and I, um, or I get up and I think about, and I, I remember always hearing about this gratitude of attitude of gratitude. Right. Um, and and recognizing that, Hey, listen, what do I have to be again? Back to your point. I could be angry about a lot of things, you know, um, and then be justified in that anger. Um, but I realized that didn't get me anywhere. You know, anger is what got me into bad situations in the first place. Right. Not being able to kind of, you know, really uh, communicate how I was feeling about certain things. Um, I started to understand that, Hey, that's an emotion. That's what makes us human. You know, um, I can, I can choose to let that guide me or I can guide it, you know? Um, And I think that uh, again, being a father, man, was just, was the, was one of the, it just shifted everything for me because what I, Uh, knowing anything about being a dad, always wanting to be a great father. I had Mm -hmm. to learn that early on the first years while I was away. I mean, I even started a a program in Sing Sing. Um, People familiar with Sing Sing. I was at Sing Sing and I started a program called Pops, uh, Prisoners Offering Parental Support. You know, I got all of these um, lifers and all that stuff there to donate money out of their commissary, you know, um, to watch a movie called um, South Central. And uh, I mean, I got a lot of pushback from the administration, things of that nature. But I got it done, and um, and donated that money to uh, Harlem Hospital for HIV for uh, uh, adolescents with HIV, so they can go to a um, uh, so they can go to a, uh, a summer camp, a specialized summer camp. So from in, in that perspective, when I think about, it, I always thought about them. I can do so much more. You know what I mean by by changing that energy, right? And uh, not necessarily being angry at anyone but just kind of focusing in and saying, okay, how can I, how can I help? How can I uh, be a part of connecting somebody to services, connecting some, or just helping a person, you know, actualize themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question directly, but I think how, how I move now, I got five kids, man. You know, four daughters. Man, so oh, you keep
0: you up. multiplied. Yeah,
4: man. So you can, you know, that keep me on my toes. Four <laughs> daughters. Know? Oh my. Four God. daughters, man. Yeah, four daughters and a son, man. And um, so that keeps me on my toes. Um, but also, just always wanting to be, um, I always tell them, and I always learn along the go that children watch you without your permission. Yeah. And I realize that people do the same. You know. Um, so I always want to be. You know. Um, I just want to be authentic. You know, right. um, and that doesn't mean that I have to be uh, it's just about being, again, intentional and being right. truly who I am. Right. right. Uh, and it, that doesn't mean being one way at home and then some way else that, you know, outside and just putting on. And right. I needed to be comfortable with who I am. I, I was a bouncer for like eight years, man. It's weird. I told this story the other night um, because I was in a group and, I, and, and everyone was like, like I was talking to the group and everyone was like just leaning in. Like, dude, you're so big. Why you talk so low? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, I was a bouncer. And I had to always go up to people <laughs> to tell them to leave.
0: <laughs> Couldn't yell at them
4: to tell them to get out. Uh, but, you know, it, it came from, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was really about, um, I, I started to recognize that, hey, listen, man, I, I, I man, I, I. this is what I learned from being a bouncer, right? Hmm. I used to work in an Irish pub. I was by myself. Um, and it was a two-level, <laughs> it was a two-layer place, right? And I would hold it down by myself because I always felt like I had the advantage. I wasn't drinking, I was in shape, I wasn't afraid, um, and I wasn't angry, right? I wasn't angry at anyone. I didn't take anything personal. Yeah. Um, so it was always easy for me to, you know, kind of uh, manage the crowd, if you will. Right. Uh, and I learned that by saying, well, recognizing that, hey, if I don't take things personally, um, then it has less um, um, power over me. Yeah. You know, and uh, so one of my favorite books is the Four Agreements. You know, um, uh, don't take anything personal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I gotta be authentic with my word, and that doesn't mean yo, my word is my bond all the time. And right, I'm right, human, right. You know, right. but that just means I gotta be mindful of what I say and how I say it. You know, mm-hmm. even talking even nowadays. I mean, five years ago, ten years ago, I wouldn't be comfortable talking about who I am. Right. Right. Because I think I mentioned to you before, it's like, hey, I, I, I didn't want to lead with. Hey, I'm an ex-felon or an ex-con right. or whatever the case right. might be. I didn't want to leave with that ever, um, because I know that that um, you know, no matter what people say, um, that's what resonates in people's minds. Yes. So I wanted people to see who I am first, and then most of the time when people when I tell people that, hey, I yes, I, I this was my background, they're in they're in all they're they're, they're they're shocked behind it, right? right? They're Like get out of here. As opposed to if it, if I let it the other way, then it would just be. And plus, I'm a big guy, I'm a you know, I, I don't. Yeah. Look, pleasant all the time <laughs> you know so i don't want people to think i'm just an angry dude all that, yeah girl face and all that you know
0: <laughs> so
4: i um you know i i know i'm going over the place with this but i think that um it's just for me it's just been about being authentic man and just being okay with who i am you know i've been in right. some tough places man and i was able to um kind of just you know get respect and i think that's what it was i was in a place where you you think that i mean literally with um, killers, uh, all of the worst, right. The, right.
0: the you know, uh, so, the rest so, of the
4: earth, if you will, if you will. Right. And, yeah. but I was respected. Right. I had never had a problem. Right. Um, and, and, and it wasn't because of like being extra or anything. It was just, yeah. it was respect. And I realized that that's what it is. That's what get you. That will get you so many, so much further in life.
3: Mm-hmm. I want to go back to this, uh, irish pub that you was about oh, oh boy
0: i i, I knew I, you were I, stuck I, on that
3: yeah, I'm, I'm still stuck on that like of all uh, the places in in the area where you was at you got a bouncer gig at an irish pub
4: that yeah. that's amazing yeah true story I, I i left the other clubs you know because it, it you know unfortunately i felt i i saw this we used to work at you know uh, uh hip hop clubs and things of that nature. But it, every night, I mean, you wear a bullet, you put on a vest or, you know, it's yeah. about 20 of us. And every night we are pounding on somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was just a different environment. And yeah, I, 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 I mean, I worked, uh, leaving a lot out, but at that time I was I was um, yeah. uh, a clinical manager at a methadone clinic. So <laughs> that was my, that was my moonlight job, man. So I work in a methadone clinic, um, you know, obviously from five to two, in the morning but thursday friday saturdays i'll bounce at a club but again for me it was it was therapeutic why because i wanted to see people because yeah. even in those instances you see individuals that were you know um drinking it was a different situation right. person could drink and everything every every night wasn't a you know person right. falling oh, out I, drunk
0: <laughs> i want to do a timeout for a second i want to time out because, because i i'm hoping that people hear there, there's something here um You know, for those of you out there that are still hustling, and I know there's at least one or two of you out there listening to this that are still hustling, I hope what you hear is hustle changes. Your hustle can change. I mean, you know, because even like when you say that, you, you, you know, you're working at a methadone clinic, but then you're bouncing at night. You know, I, I, owned, a, I owned a treatment center, a counseling center, and, and I still had a record label on the side. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like if you hustled in the street, you can do so much out here.
4: Yeah.
0: Hustling legitimately. And, and oh, yeah. the difference is, is when you're hustling in the street, you're lying. You're, mm-hmm. you're hustling yourself. But when you hustle in the real world, you're not hustling anybody. The, uh, the, the word only applies to hard work. So uh-huh. it's really you're working hard. You know what I mean? When hustle on the street is a, you're just lying to yourself. You think you're working hard, but what you're doing is you're just you, you, you're working to give it all away because eventually it's all going to crumble. It always oh, yeah. crumbles. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's all stapp, stacked against you. So I really mm-hmm. like that. I really appreciate that. And I, and I didn't know that you went through that. I, I, I want to go here because because we only got, you know, several minutes left. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the family situation because mm-hmm. when, when did your dad, when was was your dad always around when you were raised or was your dad gone? No,
4: nah, he was gone. Um, yeah. Uh, that, I didn't really create a relationship. I tried to get a relationship with him when I was about, right. when I felt like I needed him. And right. I was growing up probably about 13, 14 years old. Um, but I, by that time, and if I wanted to be angry about something, I, I had right. to make peace with this. I was really right. angry about it because 14 years old, growing up in the Bronx, and then I, I needed my dad. And I said, well, he lived in Brooklyn, so I went out there to mm-hmm. um, try to build a relationship with him. Now right. was, I was looking. I was seeking it. Right. But by that time, he was sick. You know, right. By that time, he was really sick. I'm talking wasting already. Um, and as a young man, and, and and I was in, you know, I'm like in a rough area. I need strength. And he yeah. didn't to pick strength at all. Um and you know, so I think I was uh I mean I was really angry with him um, right but he wasn't he wasn't around prior to that anyway. So your mom was and raising you. I, yeah my mom was trying. It, it, <laughs> she, yeah
0: and, and and that's similar to like Trinity. Trinity's yeah. father was not Trinity you don't mind me saying it, right? I mean you're you're good. Right. Yeah. You know, just, so dad's not around as well, right? Mm-hmm. So you're doing what you're doing. But again, a strong woman held it down as yeah. best as she could. Yep. Um You know, because statistically, listen, anybody listening to this or watching this, you know, statistically, uh, we do better when you have two functional, involved parents. We just do, you know, I don't I don't care how strong of a woman you are. I don't care how good of a guy you are. If if the other half um, is not as present as they can be, the risk goes up. I'm not saying it always goes bad because there's obviously lots of stories like like Trinity's um, and like want Um, where, you know, uh, they were able to go through it, go through it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I know that's what saved my life. I know by having two functional, well-adjusted, emotionally present parents
4: mm-hmm.
0: save me from no matter how destructive I tried to be. Mm-hmm. That They loved me through it. Whereas you guys had to fight harder – because you didn't even have the role model that I had. I had my dad as a robot, mm-hmm. but both of you guys are great fathers. And I don't know how the hell you got good fathered him out of, out of, mm-hmm. out of what you had. You know what I mean? So I'm always curious to that. So, so I've heard Trinity explain how he became a good father without having one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so how do you become a good father without having one? Because there's a lot of people listening right now, especially yeah. at WOKP, uh, you know, 1680 AM right there, 100.7 FM that they might be used as an excuse why, you know, they're not a good dad or somebody's yeah. using it for them. Like their mom mm-hmm. might be using, well, he's not a good dad. Well, he never had a dad. So how did he learn? So how did, how did right. you get that?
4: Uh, I mean, a really old school, man. I, 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 I started teaching um, parenting classes without even being a parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Honestly, wow. I started teaching parenting classes without being a parent before I became a parent. Um, and, and with, with a bunch of guys, a bunch of men, man, just sitting there saying, because they wanted to, you know, they were men that, that, didn't have the opportunity to be a father. So now when they're sitting in there, they're sitting in their shit now, right? They're sitting yeah. there saying what they should have and could have, what would have done. I'm, I'm right there as a facilitator just and just absorbing it man, right. it all up. Um, and then I also, you know, I always think about uh, no matter what um, I experience, I know what I wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what I wanted from um, uh, my dad or a dad. Um, hmm. So I say, well, hey, listen, let me just try to do that and be that. Uh, and then at the same time, the reality is that you know, your teacher's not there yet. So everybody can say you can how how are you gonna be a dad? Well, when your kid comes, they're gonna teach you how to be a dad, you know. Right um, right, um so paying attention to them and honoring them in that regard helped me as well. So, so, so I'm a fantastic people. partner.
0: So so that last 30 seconds, talk to somebody out there, man. Tell them tell them how to reach you, how to how to reach out to you, maybe oh, how yeah. to get the help that you need, talk to them, man.
4: Yeah, please, man. My number, direct number, right to me is 321-430-2914. Jay at Aware Recovery Care. Uh, please reach out. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that's, right it. That's, that's No, that's no. My no, direct, my direct info. Want
0: yeah. to so appreciate you. Uh, real quick, Shaw, man, what's coming up after this show here at WKB? Mm-hmm.
3: It's all good entertainment. The side show coming your way. They are walking in the door, rat now as we speak. Getting ready to show up and show out. It's a Saturday night on a Monday night that's getting ready to show out all good entertainment.
0: You know, they're all happy because Miami's doing good too. You know, I know they're wearing Miami, yada, 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 Miami
3: yeah, jersey. Yeah, yeah, you
0: know, Trinity. Uh, excited
3: first time Miami been 3 and 0 since when? Yeah, yeah, since, <laughs> since Marino 1972. Yeah, 72.
2: Trinity. Yeah, man. I just uh, I'd say second chances. I I think it's it's very easy to uh, to write people off and and look at what they did and say, "Hey, man, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve that." Um, But in actuality, everybody deserves second chances. They do, man. Like we always deserve another opportunity to get it right.
0: Yeah. And and I agree, man. Listen, I appreciate you so much. I had no idea that there was some there was so many little similarities of, of what we did, but so many differences in how the world responded to us and the consequences that we had to face. But our internal consequences seem the same mean yeah. So even though the world doesn't give you certain consequences, sometimes just like that asteroid, we try to move out of the way. uh <laughs> it's going to go, go, where it's going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to go yeah. where it's going to go. And apparently people like us that are on the show right now, we're going to help people regardless, man. I mean, we may have started off um, initially by other people's words as not good people or unhealthy mm. people. But in the long and we were. But in the long run. Uh, we became good people. And if you're listening to the show right now, you too can do that. So 833-NOW-MATTERS, 833-NOW-MATTERS, reach out to us. We'd love to help you on your future journey uh, to become the man or woman that you want to be, not the one that you're pretending to be today. Nice. Uh, but from all of us here on the Couch Live and Dope and Dharma, thank you for all for tuning in today. He's at the Dharma guy. I am at the Dope Doctor. This was the Couch Live, a Dope and Dharma version of the Couch Live. Adios amigos, it's time for a taco. Goodbye. Uh-huh we <laughs>